0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the GCS Connect Leaders Series. Uh, we're into 2023 now. This was recorded in Christmas 22, the cold spell of, uh, in, the, in Britain in 2022. But uh, we were speaking to Juan Smart of uh, Max of Limitless. He was out in Austin, so he was warming us up. Um, and it was a great conversation uh, around DEI and the, the work that he's doing with a people-first strategy. So, uh, without further ado, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. It's Joanne Smart. Juan, hi, how are you?
1: I'm doing amazing, and yourself?
0: I'm very well, very well, yes. Um, it's uh, just coming up to Christmas now. You're in Texas. I'm in shivering in the UK at the moment, so... So it's good to good to speak to you and uh, good to kind of have you on board for our Leaders Series. Um, I know that um, you know, you've been involved with some of our diversity programs up to now. So uh, uh, Betty mentioned that it would be great to kind of have you on the on the show, as it were. So I'm sure it'll be a great conversation. So just for our listeners, we've got Joanne Smart here from MacTub Limitless. He's the CEO and founder of this organization. Um, it is uh, an organization that consults around DEI, but it looks at it with a business from a person first and individual first uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. So that by, I think, I think the right word would be winning hearts and minds of the people within an organization. Um, I guess, Joanne, you found that that allows you to, to really kind of build much more kind of transformation and, you know, cultural change within the workplace, rather than it being kind of a box ticking exercise or, or you know, something that doesn't get the whole kind of buy-in from the whole organization, and I think what well, that's something that we found really interesting when we've spoken to yourself, but I'm sure you'll be able to to introduce what Mactub does even best and maybe even tell us what Mactub means because I think that was a, that's a a good story as well, so we might even start with that one there.
1: Well, David, how can I follow that? up <laughs> you, you did a great job of introducing me, but uh first of all, it's amazing to be here. um uh, Thank you for having me on the show and uh giving me the opportunity to share my perspective on leadership and how it impacted me and how it continues to forge forward, forward in my life but uh when it comes to my two limbless uh the journey began i like to say a long time ago um i won't give you all the nitty gritty details of how i we'll came up that. and everything <laughs> that, you know <laughs> everything that transpired but what i will say is that leadership um or the journey for DEI has always been prevalent and that starts with introspection. But um, for Mach 2, it really started and launched off in 2020 um, when it was a time when a lot of things were going on. As we know, COVID struck, there was a lot of social unrest. And during that time, I began to understand how not only things in society impacts us, um, from an individual standpoint or from a certain group or identity where they may feel the effects more. But how those societal things impact us in our life also affect us in our workplace. You can't just, nobody's a robot. Nobody can just cut off what they have in their personal life and how things are affected uh, for them and then go over and just have a glorious work day. Um, it may happen from time to time. Um, there are exceptions, but most of us really feel and we have, and that impacts us. So beginning that thought and going off that sentiment, uh, I began to, uh, be approached as the diversity working group chairperson for our, the company I worked at during that time. I really ingratiated myself in everything, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, began getting certifications and different, uh, certif- uh, certifications in different, uh, um, for diversity and inclusion, uh, getting ADR certifications, alternative dispute resolution. So that way, when we have these difficult conversations, I have the ability and the know-how in order to kind of uh, navigate the conversation to where it can be more amenable. People can actively listen to each other, be mindful, and present in the conversation and everything else. But uh, once I did that, I knew what I fell in love with, and I was really helping people, really serving people uh, for a greater purpose. And so I started Mach 2 Limitless in 2020, and uh, we've been growing ever since, helping many industries, um, agriculture, technology, um, healthcare, group homes, you name it, because diversity, equity, and inclusion is in everything that we do and everywhere. So. We're just focused on serving our humanity in in a really uh, uplifting way to where we can really connect with each other, like the purpose of DEI is and create those opportunities for growth and development.
0: That's really, really interesting. And uh, and, and uh, for me, what I found quite kind of interesting there is, you know, obviously you've had, and we'll talk about this, you've had some, some other careers, obviously you've been highly successful in the military. You're highly successful in commercial technology itself. So, when you say yeah. you really kind of found yourself, was 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 this was that the first time you felt you'd really found this is this is really what I want to do, or was this another time? Do you think?
1: Well, as a kid, you always want to play professional sports, but that. You know, the odds of that is very rare. So that's the, (laughs) this is the only other time that I felt that passion, where I felt like I knew what I was here to do from that standpoint, from a professional standpoint. And so everything else was, you know, you you learn the craft, you ingratiate yourself in it, you give it your all. Um, That's part of our core values. Coming from the military is is excellence in all we do, and something that I adamantly feel we can achieve as human beings with the being uh, a, a way forward to achieve that but nevertheless it was definitely something that uh i really gravitated to that i really felt impassioned about and i haven't felt that way since childhood and that's what I, when i talk about it i feel like a child sometimes because i have that joy and that passion for it and it's just, it burns deeply
0: do you think that's as you you talked about the kind of social upheaval and so many different changes that were happening around that time in in so many Mm -hmm. different things you know um and i think that that made everyone kind of reassess like where they're where they were at with with everything you know in terms of family in terms of you know culture in terms of society um and and do you think you know that kind of that lockdown moment you know where you really had a you know, we all had to, to kind of reassess values and reassess where we're at. Was, do you think that was a real kind of leader in for you into to thinking about this?
1: Yeah, so it was always things that I've been, uh, or I've observed with over my lifetime. And I always was a type of person that I always wanted to do what was right, stand up um, in the face of any kind of inequities, whether that's somebody getting bullied or whether that's uh, somebody not being treated fairly at work, or um, within my friend group, or whatever it was. So, okay. having that time to sit down and reflect and being introspective for myself because it's a it's really a skill that people have to learn because not everyone during that time, to be honest, and let's be honest, everybody during that time didn't reflect because it all depends on your environment and who you surround yourself with. Do you? expand yourself from a multicultural standpoint, or are you continuing to sit and do the same things that you've been doing, you know, watching the same news channels, um, intaking the same sources and contents, not looking at opposing views, things of that nature. So again, a lot of us may have reflected, but I won't say all of us. And that's with everything is balancing everything, uh, you know, giving flow. But with that being said, for me, it was a time for me to reflect. It was a time for me to sit down and really see how I can make a difference because I'm not the most boisterous on social media platforms or anything else because everyone has an opinion. Doesn't mean it's not valid, but everyone has an opinion. And I just choose to do things in a way that I can that best fits me and that I feel like I can give uh, the best of my version of myself. And for me, that was in the workplace. How can I impact the workplace to where we can have uh, multicultural views, where we can have uh, the psychological safety that really makes us uh, feel comfortable in our environments, give us that sense of value and sense of belonging for being authentically who we truly are, and so. That's where I felt like I could make the biggest impact, and absolutely sitting down, seeing everything transpire is really what inspired me to take action in this regard.
0: Fantastic, and obviously, you know, one of the things you mentioned there was the different industries that you work with, you know, and how how you bring that that people first strategy, kind of the, the ideology, as it were, of MacTub to, to these different industries, and you mentioned that agriculture there, and you mentioned kind of technology and obviously very different industries with very different drivers do you find different challenges as you come into like I mean I don't know if we're talking about agribusiness here or a farm or the idea of how, what the difference is or if yeah. it's kind of food production do you find different challenges different drivers when you look at different types of industries or is it gen- generally the same like people's issues and problems of working together is and creating a diverse workforce is, is basically the same wherever you go
1: that's a great question. And to answer it, I would say it's kind of both ways, where logistically a lot of the things are are different. You're dealing with yeah. tech when you're talking about technology as far as uh, computers and networks and uh, security and all these different types of uh, fields within IT. But when you're talking about agriculture for, per se, then You're talking about the different water sources and um, the maybe the lack of diversity in as far as populace and who's uh, getting the education as far as um, agrarian lifestyles. So these are different logistics. But what I find is organizationally, it's a lot of it is synonymous with each other. There's not enough uh, different recruiting avenues or met or. Uh, Sites or sources that are sought to get those diverse candidates. Um, A lot of group thinks it's when the smallest voice in the room doesn't have an opportunity to really express or uh, be able to, you know, implement their ideals or get them out to the rest of the group. So it's a lot of different things. It's it's a lot of different things that are the same within the organizational standpoint, but when you get into the actual career and the and the diversity of the fields, then that's where it becomes different, and you have to adjust and customize what you're doing in order to meet that audience, as opposed to maybe the audience that's in healthcare or uh, different industries.
0: And, and you talk there about you know when we we set off this kind of person first, and obviously I, I guess that means by kind of getting this message through to every single level of the organization, like you can't just sit in front of the board and say, right, you need to do things differently. You need to, to buy everybody within the organization. You know, and how, how do you kind of go about that? How do you have take that holistic approach? You know, is that, is that really by kind of, you know, walking the halls, looking at every single type, different type of role and assessing that?
1: Yeah, so it depends on what the organization want. It depends on what the organization uh, needs as as far as what we'll supply as a, a contracting or consulting or, or firm. But when it comes to our approach and how we see best, the best practice would be for us to start at the individual level. Let's start with mindfulness training,
0: hmm.
1: being present, being observing, or being aware with it. With setting your intent, being uh, accountable ensuring that you understand how you're feeling and if that feeling is because of something else that transpired are you projecting what are you doing why are you feeling the way you feel in this moment and then lastly being accepting accepting is isn't always tolerant it's just accepting of the situation but if if you know Gary comes in you go in every morning and Gary's mad he's just he's not a morning person you say hey Gary and Gary said mm okay and you take offense. I mean, I know you know, Gary. Gary's Come like this every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Gary's like this every morning. Yeah, But yet you're getting mad this particular morning. It's time for you to accept that this is way the way Gary is. But why am I feeling this way? Did something happen at home? Did something happen mm-hmm. on the way on the drive? Do I have something on my mind that I'm projecting my anger to Gary? When, I know Gary's just like this every morning, but Gary brightens up or this is just who Gary is. It doesn't mean you tolerate Gary, but how do you not? How do you do that? Maybe you just don't say hi to Gary that morning, but every other morning you go and continue to say hi to Gary and, and he gets to, gives his grunt and you go on about your business and you go on about your day. right? Yeah. But having that uh, mindfulness intact when you're going into uh Trying to transition into DEI lifestyle or organization, or if you are looking to be, um, if you're looking to to really get your the well being of your people, which is the inclusion aspect that's often overlooked. How are they feeling, both physically, mentally, and emotionally? All that impacts how your organization is going to perform, how those in individuals are going to p- perform. But mm-hmm. with mindfulness. We can bring you to a point where when you're going into these different meetings when you're talking about these different groups or whatnot you're present you're aware you're setting out an intent to do something um, coming out of that meeting whether it's just being aware and educated on different subjects or whether it's how can i help and assist it doesn't matter everything in between but um, and then you start rolling into the educational aspects. Okay, let's talk about psychological safety. What does that mean for us? How does that impact everyone? How does that create innovation within mm. your organization? How does that spark those minds and get people to that may have been uncomfortable talking to now start talking because now they feel you value them for who they are? And that begins with those interpersonal conversations and so forth and so on. But You can start the educational aspects and you build up from psychological safety to uh, uh, compassion or to employee engagement um, avenues and, and every other kind of educational aspect that promotes and incorporates diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then you continue to build from there. And from an educational standpoint, now you can start really implementing your different programs that that promote diversity. Uh, like your ERGs, employee resource groups. You can do your uh, you can build on your committees that way you know people are there with the common purpose to really get things moving in the right direction or understanding what DeI is and that it's for everyone because it's oftentimes it's looked at as an attack on heterosexual white males. Period, right? It's always seen that way, or conservatively, even on top of that. And so you can understand sometimes why they feel attacked, but when you un when you start to really break down the I and 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 show that it's for everybody because that I really matters, that inclusivity aspect. Mm-hmm. Do you feel value for who you are? Do you have a sense of belonging because mm-hmm. of who you are? Do you feel a state of psychological safety where you can express your ideals of course tastefully and professionally of course but you can express your ideals um and not have fear of reprise words or someone uh saying that it's not you know that it's dumb or what or not or what have you but can you really do those things um within a psychologically safe environment those it, are it's, all it's, part of inclusivity and you just continue to build from there
0: when when, when you think about it, it And it kind of almost takes you back to the professional sport idea. It shouldn't be Mm -hmm. that hard, should it? Because let's say you and I work for the same business, right? We're not from the same uh, ethnicity or whatever. We come from a different country and we have different beliefs. But let's say we work for the same company, right? We both work for GCS, we both work for Macta. That's that's Mm -hmm. the link, right? That's the thing that should, if you've got the, the culture of the company right, then we should all believe in that. And mm-hmm. the reason I've mentioned like professional sport, that let's say for instance we both support the same NFL team or the same you know mm-hmm. soccer team or something like that, or like you see in the World Cup, you know how much like, the football kind of brings a whole country together, all supporting the same teams and that sort of thing. You know, I guess yeah. the, the idea really behind it all is that it, we can bond over we could bond over our organisation right? We can believe in that organization. Yes. And that's, you know, that, that's a kind of, there's a binding thing between us, even though there are differences between mm-hmm. us, we are bound by the sports team that we support, you know, or the really more kind of, for this conversation, the um the company that we work for, right? I- I'm assuming that links quite yes. a lot into the kind of what you learned from the military, because I guess, you know, whoever you are within the military, you have to be on the same yeah. side, right? <laughs>
1: Correct. Correct. And I, I, you were just I was just thinking that when you were uh, making your extremely valid points. Uh, when it comes to being in the military, that was one of the things that I found to be the same within the organization and the military, mm-hmm. is that you join together for a common mission, regardless of whatever your differences are. When it comes down to working on a common purpose and forming that phalanx, And it's nothing that really, uh, I'm not going to say that you can't do, but that that team will put their efforts and their all into to really uh, ensuring that it's the mission is met. Uh, A lot of times, you know, you're going to have your people just like in the military. You're going to have people that really don't want to be there or may have trouble adapting. And that's where I think the military has gotten better with um, addressing the mental health issue aspects that people uh, that people have to endure, uh, because sometimes in these high-paced environments like tech, we know it's high pace. You're really going because you're constantly developing, you're constantly putting out different or different programming language, and uh, um, you know you're selling your products and everything else. So it's always hustle and bustle, but burnout psychologically is a psychological thing and it's when you get burned out for something they show that it's just as high as someone with high mental anxiety or high mental stress so that's why you have people um maybe you know it's a big job walk off right now but addressing these different things from the inclusivity standpoint that's what really helps again everyone not just one individual not just a group of individuals everyone and so um one thing that you said that i like to sum up succinctly is similarities unite us so like differences make us unique i always i firmly believe that and when you have something like a common mission then you have that similarity and that will unite you in some capacity and it's up to us to really be able to start being multicultural in our thinking because we oftentimes go back to our homes or our environments where there's more people that look and think just like us in a lot of aspects. But having that talk with your partner that may be uh, Indian or the one that may be uh, African or the one that may be uh, the white male, from my perspective, or the person that may be, uh, you know, the black woman, whatever it is, or whoever they are, you talk to them, you start knowing them, and you start understanding that, hey, you know what? We got a lot in common. Yeah, Even yeah, the most uncommon thinking. people have something in common.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's sometimes <laughs> more than you actually think, if you know, I mean, uh, But I think um, yeah. you know, what, what really, really interests me about that is, I guess, when it comes down to it, that what you should also not do, therefore, is just assume, just because we work for the same company, that it's all good. You know, you we should be self-critical Correct. of our businesses. We should say, well, how can we improve this? Yes, we all fly the flag and say, yeah, we work for GCS or, yeah, we work for MacTub, so everything's great. But, you know, sometimes people are paying lip service to that, as you said. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are obviously not with GCS or MacTub because everyone's super happy all the time. But, um, you know, it, it's about looking under the under the covers, you know, looking under the, you know, yeah. doing a real audit and really understanding, well, when it comes down to it, it is everyone engaged? Does everyone feel included? Mm-hmm. You know, are we really helping diversity within our business because yeah. i think yeah the, the ideal is that because we're all working for the same business we're all on the same side and we're all pushing towards the same goal but i think unless we mm-hmm. unless we really do kind of challenge ourselves then we'll never really know and we'll never really improve well
1: we? absolutely um one of the things that as leaders we can do mm. is we can continue to assess our climate um, and like you were talking about, look under the hood, make sure that, or ensure that we're not missing things that may be prevalent, that we're listening to our people, that we're doing things that can really, uh, shine a light on the gaps within our organizations, uh, not just overlook them and continue to do business, uh, as usual but really look under that hood. so assess our environments assess how inclusive we're being assess how diverse we're being are we equitable in our policies our practices our benefits all these things next what you will do is you'll articulate what that looks like for you as a leader all right so for that for me i i want people to really ingratiate them i want the supervisors to have more interpersonal communication with, their, uh, with the people that they supervise. In doing so, maybe you have a tool, maybe you have a different list of questions where you can identify. And those questions spark that interpersonal conversation, which you may not know. You'll find out your employees' motivations. You'll find out what entices them, How, in, are they intrinsically motivated, are they extrinsically motivated? What are the goals? How can you help them achieve some of those goals? All those things by articulating those messages to everybody that you work with or as a leader to your division, to whoever is a CEO, whatever, whatever position you're in. But just articulating that message, even as a manager, you know, or as a a first first team supervisor, whatever it is, then next, you want to set the example. You have to lead by example. You can't say "I I want everybody to go to these different resource groups but you never show up yourself. You have to be able to practice and participate and really ingratiate yourself in it by setting that example. I know as leaders, we have a calendar full of meetings. I know it just pains us, but from time to time, monthly, weekly, or something, you set aside some time to really get into those different diversity programs um, that, are, that existed within your company where you type up messages and you show what you're doing, you be transparent and you be vulnerable in that aspect. If you don't know something, ask. Um,
0: when I've been in those diversity programs myself, mm-hmm. I think what's really important as a leader sometimes is to stop being the leader in those moments. You know, yep, when, you're le- when you're on a ledger absolutely. call, for instance, like when you're working out who owes you, owes you money, it's, it's probably the worst mm-hmm. possible meeting you can go on. Then that's where you really have to take on that leadership like, what. Well, who are we going to like yeah. send the final demand to, and how are we going to get this kind of sorted out? You know, you you've got to take on the leadership capabilities there, is because there's a crisis management. It's it's, it's money coming in, but I think it's really important when you have those conversations. You know, because you know your ERGs when you sit down, listen to people. You've got to mm-hmm. be quite humble, and you've got to you've got to be more of the individual, yeah. you know, more of the team member, haven't you? And I think if you have to listen a lot more then in those moments, think
1: yeah absolutely um it's it's one of those things where you show up sometimes and by following you're actually leading um and showing creating that allyship when you're not familiar with that group or you may not identify with that group just showing uh leadership through actively listening through just uh absorbing what the audience has to say um and then really taking that information and trying to implement whatever, if it's ideals or changes, um, trying to implement those within the framework of your organization, but also using those people um, that voice those ideals as uh, resources and and capital to be able to uh, implement some of those strategies because that's where the ideal came from. So also giving, again, setting that example, giving credit to the people that actually came up with the idea and given them an opportunity to expand upon it and be a part of that project, which would then uh, build different uh, you know, tools and um, mm-hmm. skill sets within them as far as communication, soft skills and everything else. So where they can now assume some of those leadership roles or be, you know, be prom- have the capability to be promoted and continue to advance their careers. And then what I'll say is lastly, is you want to enforce and reinforce those measures. You want to make sure that through that inclusive leadership um, climate assessment and implementing that uh, inclusive climate, you want to make sure you enforce and reinforce those standards, continue to uh, assess, continue to uh, articulate, to continue to set the examples yourself. So that way that permeates throughout the rest of your team, uh, the rest of your organization, again, from an individual standpoint, it's very important for us to be mindful of our practices. And at that point in time, you can start seeing the inclusive climate change within your organization, uh, knock on wood, right?
0: That's right. One of the interesting things I've I've found as we've come back into the office a bit more, I think that Mm -hmm. there are kind of, I don't know what you feel is that there's, I've found there's kind of pros and cons to it. You know, I think uh, sometimes in the kind of the office environment, you get the kind of the the, the kind of the in jokes and the clicks, and you know, certain people like certain people and sit next to certain people. Whereas when we're all working virtually, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that happens so much. I don't think you get as much, you know, laddish banter. If, if to use a UK term, if you know what I mean. I don't know if if, if yeah. you feel that yourself. If you do actually feel like sometimes the virtual workplace is it's almost kind of a, a better <laughs> place to, to foster diversity <laughs> because it just allows people to be themselves in their own home, if you know what I mean. Have you got any, yeah. uh, maybe some research on that where you've seen that that kind of come back to the office, different problems arise, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so one of the statistics that, uh, that alarmed me or was alarming for me was uh, and I can't remember where what the exact numbers were, uh, but it showed that women will be promoted less than men once we start heading back into the office, or once people start heading back into the office, because um, the water cooler, you know, talk that you were talking about, um, the yeah. banter, the the group uh, and the clicks that that form all those things will be prevalent and most of them are male oriented. And so women that choose to stay home and, uh, be a part of the home lifestyle while they're continuing to do phenomenal work, Mm -hmm. they get left behind because of the networking aspect that they'll miss Mm -hmm. out on, which, we have to be aware of those type of statistics and those yeah. type of things because that's where the bias creeps in, and we have to be able to uh, circumvent that.
0: It's all about auditing and reauditing, isn't it? It's about well, what's changed?
1: Because yes.
0: what, what was right in twenty twenty one might not be right in twenty two or twenty three or whatever, and things do change all the time, don't
1: they? Yeah, correct, correct. And then um, you know, there is positives as well because from a from a uh, mental standpoint. Uh, some people didn't like all the isolation. So going back into work gives them an opportunity to uh, have that communication, that transactional communication with their colleagues, maybe expressed at different points of view, experience that multiculturalism. But then again, um, there are people that are, that are doing extremely well from, uh, from a mental health aspect working from home. Yeah, and yeah. those are things that we have to consider as organizations. Is that the best route for us to take for those for those people in creating that uh, that equity as far as work is concerned, and and being able to uh, choose your works workplace so that way you can work the best uh, to your ability. So those are things that we all have to consider. Yeah,
0: no, I think it's de- it's definitely um it's definitely something that is. But I think what, what, what's important for me like looking at this is that it's, it's obvious that in the last few years, this is something that's become so much more part of the, the, the commercial conversation, right? You know, the people, companies, et cetera, et cetera, are talking more about this. I, I do worry that it's not it, it, due to everything else that's kind of going on in the world, <laughs> Now there's so many more worries and problems that everyone has got cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. It also affects different people of different backgrounds, but, but maybe it's being pushed down a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, that that's dealt with, and I think it's really interesting. What you're saying there is that you have to keep thinking about this. You have to keep it front and center. You have to keep asking the questions and, and assessing. So we are thinking about cost of living, right? Yeah, cost of living, I'm sure, is a mm-hmm. big thing in the U.S. It's definitely a big thing in Europe at the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: And and we know that that is probably affecting people from different backgrounds in a very different way, right? You know, it's probably affecting leaders. Absolutely. Fortunately for the leaders, slightly differently to the ways it's affecting the people, like, to go back to the agriculture in the fields who really are struggling, you know? And I, I, I guess that, that, again, changes the way diversity and inclusion is kind of looked at because there's different pressures now, aren't there?
1: Yeah, you have to be, you have to look at everything from all angles. Um, Like you were talking about, leave no stone unturned. That second element of having that inclusive climate, which is, uh, or that first element, which is assessing. And then you, again, you cycle back and you reassess different things. uh, Because from a societal standpoint, again, from a societal standpoint, we may not be impacted the same way other. Demographics or different identities may be impacted. The same thing that affects, you know, as far as uh, gender pay. If I'm a male, that's not going to impact me uh, directly for an individual. But how does it impact my household? How does it impact yeah. my partner? How does it impact uh, Steve's mom or uh, yeah, yeah. his little sister or, or um, you know, those things matter when we're looking at it from a individual standpoint. Um, How does it impact those around us or people that we work with? If you're if LBGTQIAPK plus rights or uh, Mm. um, how does it how are people being impacted from a societal standpoint where they can't separate that from work? If me and my partner were looking to get married and you're not allowing marriages in my state, how does that impact me from being able to perform at my peak at work? And so, again, one of the things that just going to the meaning of my name, Maktoub, or my name Maktoub limitless. Maktoub is Arabic for it is written. So we're saying it is written for us to be limitless, And in doing so, we can reach our maximum potential according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Of have that self-actualization. That can come in many different forms. That can come spiritually. That can come uh, personally, professionally. But self-actualization. We want people to be able to reach that in a professional environment. How do we do that? We assess and we continue to have those inclusive climates that can really bring that greatest potential out in us as individuals. Like you said, just making sure that we're constantly assessing our environment, listening to the voices of our people, staying aware and apprised through our different ERGs that we may have through our diversity committees. If we don't have one, building those things, being aware of what would best suit our organization, but also the individuals, being mindful in our practices. All those things matter when we come to uh, really having that diversity, equity, and inclusion and ensuring that it's for everyone and not just a group of people. So,
0: looking forward to the year ahead. Obviously, we're at the end of twenty twenty two. Probably, I would say not been the best of years. (laughs) Let's hope. Let's hope for the twenty three is a better year because the the twenty so far has been pretty dire overall. But uh, but no, there's been there could be good moments as well. Depends um, on
1: your perspective too.
0: Oh well, yeah. it Depends on your perspective. I I guess yes. (laughs) I I I kind of I don't know. I, I. yeah i mean my my overall kind of impression of of the last kind of three years has been you know is this really happening yes
1: yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) if you'd predicted this in 2019 i would have said no thanks i'll skip to the 2030s really but hey i think think we're all (laughs) learning stuff and we're all moving forward but you know as well as staying kind of safe and well and hopefully things kind of improve for the culture and societies, but what are you? What are your main priorities for your business in the next year?
1: Um, to see, and when I say to see, I use that as an acronym: S.E.E. To continue to serve. Um, I think we all provide service in some capacity, and whether you're CEO, fry cook, um, frontline engineer, whatever it is, you serve in some capacity. And for us, we want to be able to serve. Uh, different organizations and different mm-hmm. communities, uh, where a way in a way where we can really see, start seeing impact and change. And uh, that leads into the E, which is to enlighten. So, again, serving those communities in ways that are best practices that do empower and, and inspire your people to be able to perform and feel at their best, uh, to be able to really spread messages of unity as opposed to division all those things um, as far as enlightened. And then lastly is E is, is Excel. It's in our name, My 2 Lemons. We want people to excel and be the best version of themselves as possible so that way it can permeate again throughout the organization and really impact everyone. Uh, and you can see and feel that change because energy is palpable. We feel it. We walk into a room if everybody's saying hi to each other, we're more likely to engage in that activity and be uh, part of the conversation, but high with joy and smiles and being jovial on top of that. Um, not saying it's always going to be applicable, of course, but if we have that environment, um, then it really, it bring out the best and unify us in that aspect. So just continue to excel, um, be our best individual selves. Uh, and create opportunities for that to be prevalent within our organizations. So that's what we look forward to for the next year.
0: Fantastic. Well uh, to serve see. enlighten Excel C. I like that very much. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. I, was, I was excited to see what the last E was right. there. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, from your <laughs> side, when you when you go into organizations that you know are either excelling and doing well and and you look at the leaders, do you, do you think that, that that attitude kind of emanates from the best leaders that you can kind of see that like that level of, of seeing, you know, with, with the people that, that are running the most successful businesses? Do you think it's do you think it's linked?
1: I think it depends on the level and it depends on uh, uh, what their mission or intent is at that time. Um, yeah. Let's be honest, everyone. Isn't it for the right purposes? There are some people who want to do it for performative actions, you know, to check a yeah, box, yeah. as we talked about earlier. Cool. Um, and then others, they are really about change. They are about that life. They want to be able to see their organizations prosper, see their people flourish, um, see them in, men- in great mental health standards when it comes to work, um, see that they're being able to put forth. Uh, the equitable opportunities for everyone, um, ensuring that accessibility is there for both mentally and and physically uh, disabled uh, individuals. And so having the big spectrum of Mm -hmm. that amount of leadership, it just shows that there's so much that can be done within this practice, within our various industries, within our organizations. That we always have some room for improvement. And one of the things is DEI um, that we all can continue to improve upon. It's just like your technology. You're not going to stop growing. You're not going to stop trying to make your product better. And neither should you stop trying to make your environment better and more productive and more uh, psychologically safe for all your employees and inclusive for all.
0: Brilliant. Well, Joanne, it's been a great speech today. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I've learned a lot today. It's been a it's a good. It's been a really good session. I think, um, yeah, brilliant. And I will also say, if you've got the video, I really, really like your buttonhole as well, my friend. That's a the flower there. Is that, oh, is that the flower of meaning, you. or is it? Is uh, Yes, yeah, so just listen on the audio. Yes, yeah, so, it. it's leather. Yeah, <laughs> it's very impressive. I've been looking at, it, I've been looking at with envy all the way through. So yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I need to up, I need to a up Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. It's <laughs> been, um, been great speaking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Happy Christmas, happy New Year, and uh, and best of luck yeah. for twenty twenty three. So thank you.
1: Same to you, and it's been a pleasure being here. I appreciate it. Thank you.